Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify Him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles. Yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured <laughs> yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Guys with Bibles. I'm Lee. And I'm Scott. What is up, Scott? Dude, what is up? How you doing? (sighs) Dude, been busy. Been very busy trying to get this uh, garage office transformed. (laughs) It has been more of a nightmare than it has been. progress it's a labor of love oh oh man well i've been trying to do things the cheapest routes and most cost efficient you know so i've been like facebook marketplace and a lot of stuff you know seeing what kind of deals i can get you know if if it's gently used you know whatever i'll use it you know but like had to go over to plain city to get 500 brick she was selling them, and I, I was like, well, I tell you what, I'll take them off your hands if you don't have anyone interested. <laughs> well, she messaged me the other day, and she goes, well, if you come pick them all up, you got to take them all, you can have them for free. So in my Ooh. mind, I was thinking, oh, 500 bricks, that's not too many. I was like, oh, shoot, we could, we could load that <laughs> in no time. Dude, I am so Wrong. sore. It is unreal. My body has been screaming at me for the last two days. I was like, <laughs> I am not built for this anymore. Like, <laughs> You're too old for this garbage. Oh, oh man. I started to really regret 500 brick, about 100 in. <laughs> and I, was, I was like, why? I could literally, I, I guess I pictured 500 brick in my mind a lot differently than what i have now because now i could i could probably build a small house with these you know (laughs) so did you get them all after all Uh, oh yes yes i yes i did and they're still on the trailer (laughs) because i refuse there too i refuse to take them off yet well my body is saying yeah and that's not happening Especially working two, about ten at a time. Oh man, I I did it. I, I emptied a few off the trailer the other day, but I had to go to work again. You know, working two sure. jobs and stuff. So I was like, "All right." I resemble that remark. Yeah. So I too work two jobs. Two jobs, full time school student. You know, parent. 
husband. Full time, everything except sleeping. Yeah. Except <laughs> sleeping. But I'm busy. And yet, so. and here you are with me. Yes, and here I am, I'm counting recording my a podcast. In God's word, we're about to dive into chapter five. If I chapter five, my memory serves me right. So that is right. Starting with verse one. Right on, right on. Okay. Would you like All me right. to read it? This um, time? it doesn't matter. I can read. You can read. Whichever. Uh, you read. You read. Okay. I uh, I, I implore you. Oh oh, <laughs> thank you, dear sir. <laughs> Therefore, be imitators of God. As beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you, and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God, as a fragrant aroma. But immorality, or any impurity, or greed, must not even be named among you, as it is proper among saints, and there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. This ends the reading. All right. That's verses 1 through 5. Of chapter five, um, and in the heading of this in the NASB, uh, we have it's it's put as be imitators of God. Okay, so when they put this letter together, they came up with a title for chapter five. You know, and they wanted us to kind of have this thought in our mind that we are to be imitators of God. And that's what Paul is diving into here in chapter 5 when he begins with the therefore. And as you've realized through a lot of Paul's writings and his letters, he will say and use the word therefore a lot. A so, lot. A lot. And I mean, so he is... He is establishing his his argument, um, and he's setting it up so that he can guide his listeners or readers into his his line of, his line of thinking into being imitators of God, imitators of Christ, um, and reminding them of where they came from. So this is important that we understand that Paul is leading us into this and setting up his argument statement right here in chapter 5. Yeah, the, uh, the imitators of God uh, thing is, it's not only good, um, it's, not good it's not only just good teaching, but it uh, follows up on kind of what the whole identity of a Christian is. Like the whole meaning of the word Christian would be little Christ or right. imitator of Christ. So when we talk about imitators of God, it all goes together because in our sanctification, what are we doing? We're we're uh, being formed more and more into the image of Christ. Exactly. Um, as we're being sanctified, as um, 
as we're continually learning the the deep truths of justification and the imputation of Christ and his his righteousness uh, his and his righteousness given to us you know uh, on credit these are all things that are uh, leading us on into the imitation of God right of on. taking on valuing his attributes his qualities and taking those on ourselves as we grow in faith exactly exactly and so when I was when I was looking into chapter five um, I found that the CSB uh, the new CSB um, that just came out um, its notes were actually I thought were were spot on and I, I really agreed with this and how they led into verse two um, and it, it starts out I'll go ahead and read you the footnotes that are in the CSB I, I thought they were really well written. Um, believers are challenged to be imitators of God. Previously, they had been urged to learn about Christ in chapter 4, 20 through 21, and not to grieve the Spirit, as in ver- chapter 4, verse 30. Believers cannot imitate God in power, knowledge, or present, but they can imitate Him in self sacrifice and forgiveness as in chapter 4, verse 32, Mm. which I thought that they really rounded it off right there in chapter 4. And I was like, wow, that is is just how they are pulling chapter 4 in, that Paul is still hanging on to that same argument up in chapter 4 that he was, he is trying to instill in his, his brothers and sisters in Christ, and trying to make them remember this, and how 32 just really hangs on there in chapter 5 as being imitators of God. We can't do it in his power or his imminent knowledge because we have few, uh, we're finite, we're finite, finite minds, we're creatures, we're not the creator, um, or we can't be everywhere, we're not omnipresent or omnipotent, and you know, so... Our, our, his, our presence is singular. We can only be in the present that we are in right now. Um, so what we can you imitate. Know, it, the, it's yeah, funny go ahead. You say that because it, that makes total sense when we think about the, the following words to be imitators of God as beloved children. Right. So we're already, we're, we're, we're acknowledging the fact that we are, we're children. He is our father. So children, even when they grow up, never grow up to become their father or their mother, but they take on attributes attributes, uh, that they can as children as they grow up, as they mature. And I think that is probably the best way to get this idea across because um, the people that are – and and it says – you know, children here, so it's a it's a parent child thing. But anybody who has a role model of some sort is is seeking to be an imitator of that person. You know what I mean? Like the student is never greater than the master. Exactly. But, Where's but that, we can be Matthew? Like him. Exactly. Yeah. yeah uh, yes. Yeah, Matthew. So I I think that's important when we see that we are children growing up into the image of our father. We're not going to be just like him because only God can be God. But there are things that he's that he exemplifies in his nature that he's called us to mirror. Um, that that are key parts of our sanctification. Right. 
Awesome. Yeah, and I, I think that is completely right on, um, which I, I felt like that was a very good summary of what to bring this all together, and I thought the CSB really did a great job right there. So I applaud CSB. It did. That was good, good job. Note. Good job. And uh, all right. So we just make sure we don't say that too loud around Sean. Yeah, or he, he may start he, reading it again. He might might start transitioning again <laughs> but god bless you csb lovers love y'all um all right so verse two um as it's following as beloved children he says to and walk in love just as christ also loved you and gave himself up for us now this also hmm. um really hangs on to the verse 32 be kind to one another tender hearted mm-hmm. forgiving each other just as christ house has forgiven you okay so to love just as christ loved us all right so he loved us first john one first john first uh, uh, john four seven through yeah. love, um, let us love one another and then it jumps down to uh, 11 and beloved, if God so loved us, we are to love one another. Yep. Yeah. Bam. Um, so, yeah. Um, it's also down in um, 19. We love because he first loved us. Loved us. Yeah. Um, so, it's also offering us right here. Uh, Paul's, Paul's insinuating. Just as Christ also loved you, he gave himself up for us. Offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Now, we're getting into the Old Testament speech um, of Paul's teachings right here as he is following it up with after Christ gave himself up for us. He's saying offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Now, when when I hear him talk about this, I'm thinking like um, um, Elijah... And first King, or is it Second Kings? I think it's First Kings eighteen, uh, where Obadiah, um, the drought, and he, God, him and Baal are going at it, and all of a sudden, God comes down, licks up the altar, and sets the th- the calf ablaze. I'm pretty sure it's First Kings. That's but, First Kings eighteen. Yeah, First Kings eighteen. Yeah, that's it awesome passage if you haven't read it the showdown yeah 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 like that is is your is your god on the toilet well anyways um which which is like one of my favorites and i'm just like okay so when i think of offering and sacrifice and fragrant aroma that that's where my mind immediately goes um but it also goes back to the sacrificial um way in which the israelites had to sacrifice in order to please God, you know, they were sacrificing the pure, their best, mm-hmm. their, uh, in order to appease God, you know, and well, and there's a, there's a, there was a particular piece of furniture in the tabernacle and then in the temple specifically for the burning of incense for right. fragrance. And we find and, this in and, Leviticus. Yeah, uh, and I I saw it. Um, I was looking through, flipping through as you were speaking, uh, in Exodus twenty five. Oh yeah, one of the one of the early. This these were instructions for the uh, um, the tabernacle. 
Oh, here we go. Tell the sons of Israel to raise a contribution for me. From every man whose heart moves him, you shall raise my contribution. This is the contribution which you are to raise from them. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet material, fine linen, goat hair, rams, skin dyed red, porpoise skin, um, acacia wood, oil for lighting, spices for the anointing of oil, for the fragrant incense, onyx stones, and setting stones, for the ephod, and for the breastpiece. Let them construct a sanctuary for me, that I may dwell among them. According to all of them, I am going to show you as the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furniture, just so that you shall construct it. Now he's talking about the furniture that are supposed to be inside the tabernacle, um, which you are referring to. And um, Yeah, I, I got my reference wrong. It's actually in chapter 30. <laughs> right, here we go. I, I just flipped to it. More of 30 verse 1. Moreover, you shall make an altar as a place for burning incense. You shall make it of acacia wood. Its length shall be a cubit, and it's width a cubit. It shall be square, and its height shall be two cubits. Its horns shall be of one piece with it. And there's all these instructions. you got to overlay it with pure gold, do all these things. Aaron shall make atonement on its horns once a year. This is uh, verse 10. I'm sorry, in verse 7, Aaron shall burn fragrant incense on it. He shall burn it every morning when he trims his lamps. Isn't that crazy? And you, It is pretty crazy, isn't it? <laughs> Can you imagine, yeah, like, waking is... up every morning and just, all right, I got to trim the lamps. <laughs> and I got to light the incense. You know, it's like, uh. But, yeah, so 25, I mean, you let it into it. So 25 is actually the the beginning of that, and then it's mm-hmm. more detail in 30. So, yeah, cool. But, and and also um, the the aroma. There's a connection between that incense burning and the prayers of the saints. In, in um, Revelation, uh, there's discussion of those bowls of incense that are the prayers of the saints too. Right. So there's a sacrificial um, uh, motif that goes through even into the prayer life of the church. So this this fragrant fragrant aroma of Christ. Offering himself up as a sacrifice only leads to an ever more fragrant aroma as the church um, follows uh, its worship. Amen. Um, worship of Christ. Exactly. I think I that stuff is fascinating to me. Boom. So as we dive into verse three, but immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you. As is proper among saints, wow. Lee. So you gotta walk. You gotta walk perfect. Yep, you gotta do it all on your own, in your own power. <laughs> Unfortunately, I would already have failed in all three. <laughs> I, this it's a high calling that a Christian is. is called to. And this is this is this is going back to like uh, Matthew, be perfect, like as your father is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is basically telling you to walk by the Spirit, um, and that is what Paul is referring to as well, all the way through chapter four into chapter five, that you are no longer to live as you once were. You are to walk as a new creation. Are you? Is the new creation gonna fail? Yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's going to fail on a regular basis because guess Never. what? 
the Holy Holy Spirit and the flesh have to be combined until death. And unfortunately, the flesh is still there no matter what until death. And then you are finally freed from the grips of sin. Yeah. You will struggle against your sin for your entire earthly existence. Exactly. And that is, that is why... Anybody tells you different than that is lying to your face. And that is why we're constantly to be in prayer and repentance and and acknowledging our sin, making our sin known, and leaning on each other, bearing each other's burdens. You're gonna you're gonna fail. You're gonna falter. And I'm gonna fail. I'm gonna fail you. I'm gonna fail my wife, my kids, I'm gonna fail my church, my congregation, I'm gonna fail my friends. And that's why I seek forgiveness, and that's why you should seek forgiveness, no matter what. Right. Because the Spirit has made that known to us. We have we are now been revealed to our own sin, our impurity, our greed, our immorality, and well, this- and, and you know what what's interesting about that? You know, yeah, you're you're exactly right that we have to to fight and combat those sins. Um, and if we're being tempted to deny the temptation to cling to Christ. But what's interesting, I think, here is is that it's being, the way that Paul frames it here, is that these things are not to be named among you as is proper among saints. So this right. is this is referring to, um, to, to publicly acknowledging a person's immorality, impurity, or greed, or all the various sins that fall under each of those categories. So I would take this to mean, and tell me if you think I'm wrong. No, that, no, go ahead. Um, it, these sins should be dealt. Um, these, these needs to be caught and dealt with privately, either within the individual heart uh, in life of the believer, or upon confession to uh, a, a person's pastor and, and their elders. Um, it should not get to the level of say, and I'm gonna I'm gonna drop names. Have to be prepared. <laughs> Ooh. Of say of say a uh, um, Carl Lentz, for instance, uh, in his implosion, uh, the the now former pastor of Hillsong Church, New York, um, having having been unfaithful to his wife, apparently on multiple occasions. Regardless of how good or bad a teacher is, uh, when it gets to the point that uh, a public acknowledgement of that man's shortcomings has to be made. An effect there is an effect on the church. You know, the witness of Christ is is harmed in that situation. Now, uh, you know, we we would have obviously we have our issues with Carl Lentz and what he thinks and teaches, but he still was um, a a publicly visible elder in in the church, uh, in the visible church, um, and when he fails, uh, having having been held, holding that office uh it does it does have an effect on the image and reputation of Christ's church right so I, I think an important part of this is that we need to keep these kinds of sins from being named among us by uh, to quote John Owen to be by killing sin or it will be killing us you know what I mean right right you know, the, yeah. it's not that we can prevent every sin, but it's that we need to strike at sin when it appears in our own hearts and, and potentially even with the help of our of our elders in our local church. 
That's why it's so important to be part of a local church. Right. Because you can't just be out there living it on your own. Right. You know? And and these sins that that Paul is mentioning here, these are sins that are so godless that the world should never have reason even to suspect their mm. presence in in Christians today. Right. Like the these these are sins that should be controlled within the church if if walking in Christ if you cling to the cross um but they do overcome and that's where forgiveness and repentance comes into um right these these three are inappropriate sins of of the tongue include any speech that is um when we get down in here where it says there must be no filthiness of silly talk or coarse jesting um, but rather giving up thanks. This this is dealing with uh, degrading or foolish or um, immoral speech. Um, all are s- destructive of the holy living God. And it if a godly man is using this type of language or lingo, and then I would question his heart. You know, I would definitely question whether or not i would have serious his intent about, about the state of his conversion yeah and his convert yeah and i would definitely well, it, it goes back to what james says about with the same mouth you you praise god but curse men yeah you know this should not be we're given yeah. we're given our our mouth we're given the gift of of speech um for a reason Right. And it should not it shouldn't be to destroy people or to mock people or to like you said to generally degrade those around us uh, as Christians we're called we have we have words to speak you know we're, we have a message to proclaim and all, all of our speech whether we're um, actively uh, proclaiming the gospel um, or just or living our everyday life our speech needs to, uh, adorn the gospel right that's one way i like to describe it that we should be using speech that is um that adorns the gospel that is edifying that, to the body edifying that's a good word too it's constructive yes helpful that pretty much wrapped that four um now now you know i um one thing that i wonder about you know sometimes Maybe this is a this this is kind of a dude thing, I guess. But you know, when when you're when you're with your buds, you know, the people you're closest with, you know, you tend to kind of poke and prod at each other. Oh yeah. You know, kind of joke on each other a little bit. Do you think that falls under this? Maybe under silly talk. You know, or, or coarse jesting. What well, I wonder what qualifies as coarse jesting. <laughs> I get gross talk. I guess maybe. I would I would say I would say obscene um uh maybe like something objectively offensive to those who might not know the yeah. context of your relationship or or in secret the jesting is inflicting damage upon the friend but the friend is in is not wanting to admit that it is 
causing issues, you know. I would say this would fall into like um, one's state of mind or what effects it has on their heart or condition. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that because this this is this is very difficult because I mean I think we 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 do this a lot we jest with each other quite a bit oh sure and uh um well i think and I, I, i'm sure that people think they take us out of context as well in <laughs> many in many instances like some some may honestly think that i could be rude arrogant and and an underlying prick at sometimes you know and I, I guess it's just it's hard to determine what would be considered jesting or simply because I don't know the heart or condition of the person. I, I would say. Yeah, I think aside from the from the obvious uh, crude or offensive ways of speaking that anybody could participate in. I think once you get beyond those, I think it becomes highly contextual. What yeah. what kind of what kind of joke, even if it's not meant to hurt, could hurt my my one particular friend. Right. Um, and again, it it becomes more about caring for that person's heart. Um, right. Deeper than a, just a mere speech issue. Right, and I think I think it also goes with people outside who are listening, you know, and like mm, yeah. um, who could, could be overhearing could overhear you and your buddies joking with each other, and um, they they might find offense to something that you may have said or something, um, and and that's that's definitely that's on you, you know, and I think that's where you take ownership for what you said and. I think you just take that on the chin, you know, and just say, you know what, I apologize, and, um, yeah, I, I think you just, it's, it's, it's very difficult, this is a very difficult passage, because I, right here in verse four, it's one of those that you kind of just glance over, and you're like, yeah, I don't want to spend too much time here, because it's very vague, and, Mm-hmm. Or well, it's not it's not vague, but it's vague to the point of it's, it's general. It's it's like okay, what is the depth here that I need mm-hmm. to be understanding? Okay, I understand no filthiness. Okay, that means like obscene gestures or um, derogatory remarks or. or um, I guess I guess it would go other other areas. I mean, I'm I'm sure there's more. Um, I, I don't well, know. And, I, I don't know how think, kids talk today, or but um, <laughs> what are these kids saying? Yeah, anyhow? what are the all these I think kids all saying today? Code anyhow. Yeah, they're all tricking me. Sorcery. I I think maybe part of the help comes from the second half of verse or the, the last few words of verse 4. Were, so we're talking about no filthiness or silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Right. Being appreciative. Uh, as, um, as a counterpoint almost. I would, I would almost call this as being, giving exhortation. 
the idea that Paul's getting at here, I think, must be something that's in opposition to being thankful. Because it seems when he says, but rather giving of thanks. So maybe these are things that that reveal a heart that takes good things for granted. Or, um, you, you know what I mean? Some Something that's the opposite. Instead of doing this thing, do this, do the opposite. Give right. thanks. Um, gosh. You know the way that you... Sometimes people, when they take things for granted, they're sloppy or destructive with them. They don't mean anything. Well, people are precious. Uh, people are gifts from God, and we should not, um, I don't, maybe defile is not the right word, but defile them with filthy talk or distract them with silly talk, but rather adorn the gospel, encourage their hearts, perhaps call them to repentance if they're unbelievers, but edify them edify people that's what our our words should be for give thanks rather than uh rather than uh take things for granted and be careless right I'm trying to think of that's just, that's my personal read on it i haven't read deeply into the commentaries on this but um that's just kind of what i what i've been thinking about with it since i've been studying lately reading it a, a, a few times over so anyway, uh, you want to go to verse five? Yeah, I think so. So, so uh, verse five. Um, For this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, there are there are two people, there are two kinds of people in the world. There are idolaters, and and there are those who have an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. <laughs> you know, you right. can't serve two masters. So you have God sheep is God. and goats. Right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but I like here. Here's here's one thing that had me question uh, where it separated the two: the kingdom of Christ. And Paul stops, and he puts, and God. He's, it's almost as if he is uh, separating the two persons. Now, do you think that people who don't believe in the Trinity would have a heyday right here? They would, because I, I think the, yeah, because I think the separation is helpful, because um, there, there would soon be people trying to claim that that um jesus was the father or that the the father was jesus and and they're mixing up the trinity and there would be councils and discussions and creeds to clear that up and i think this text is really helpful in showing there is one kingdom and it's of christ uh it's of the father and the son and the holy spirit um there is trinity in unity Right, which are unified in God, one, right. one being, one being. And if we don't persons. worship Him that way, we are idolaters as well, which is really scary to think about because you have the wrong God. Yes, it's not the biblical God if you're not worshiping Trinity in a Trinitarian fashion. And people have found lots of ways to deny the Trinity. Some of them incredibly creative. And some of them have actually, like, 
I was like, man, I'm going to have to look at this. Uh, wow. Okay. And then I figure out how they got there, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's how you got there. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, let's leave this one to the listeners. Uh, so, for verse 5, if you are listening, I want to hear your thoughts on verse 5. Let's hear from the listeners. Let's hear what they think about verse 5. Um, shoot us some thoughts, and maybe on the next episode, we will go back over some of your thoughts, and uh, we will go back into verse 5 and kind of shoot shoot from the hip from there, too, and see where we land. Um, but, yeah, I think it would be really interesting to finally hear some response back from the listeners on a singular verse if you are following along i'd really be interested in hearing your thoughts and uh your perspective so for sure definitely i think that'd be cool to do and uh i don't know about you lee what do you think i think that's awesome that way we can see if you're actually you're actually listening folks (laughs) i'm always ready for some engagement absolutely all right so where can they find us lee well, uh, you can find us online at guyswithbibles.com. You should check us out on social media, uh, on Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook page and a Facebook group, Guys With Bibles. If you find the group, just uh, click the button request to join. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at guyswithbibles. You can email us directly at guyswbibles at gmail.com. Uh, you can also uh, send us messages through the uh, direct messages on Twitter and Instagram too. Uh, yep. So there's lots of ways to get in touch and um, it's always very exciting to, to talk to people during the week about things going on, things with the show um, or retweeting people's funny memes, which are always a good time. Um, you should check out our show notes that has all the links to our social media and you can also go to the Bar Network website and uh, check out some of the other shows on the on the Bar Podcast Network. Um, there are some, there even more new shows coming, but we just recently added two shows, uh, Women's Hope and the Open Hearts Podcast. Right so on. You should, go, you should go and fill up your podcatcher with lots of good biblical content from the Bar Network. You will not be sorry. In fact, you will sing praises. That's right. That's right. That's all, all right. I say about that. All right. We're guys with Bibles, and we're out, and we'll catch you later next time. All right. See you guys. Oh, yeah. Peace. Peace.